0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hearts and Partick Thistle have their first day in court. Fraser Forster won't be back at Celtic and Ian Durant says Rangers need to hold on till Fredo Morelos. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me tonight is Roger Hanna. And tonight, Alison, we're going to move from Edinburgh's quarter session to Super Scoreboard's Court of Public Opinion. <laughs> a Celtic right to bring back Mohamed El Yunusi for a second loan spell. Should they also try and bring back David Marshall with a Fraser Foster deal off and Wigan plunged into administration? Will Rangers stick or twist with Alfredo Morelos this summer? The clubs in Italy, England and the Middle East all keen in the striker. And the big question of the night, Alison, as Craig Brown celebrates his 80th birthday... How many of the Super Scoreboard listeners knew he once had a hit single and is genuinely older than Hugh Keevans? Yep, happy 80th birthday to Craig Brown. Hammy and the Hamsters, wasn't it, apparently? Roger? Before my time, I think it's maybe only Hugh that remembers when they were on the what they called in those days Alison the hit parade possibly remember you can give us a call tonight as well 0141 951 1025 Roger plenty to discuss tonight but let's start at the court of session and Hearts and Partick Thistle's action to try and overturn the relegations will now resume again tomorrow lawyers acting on behalf of Dundee United Wraith Rovers and Cove Rangers whose promotions could be scrapped as part of this action and the SPFL said the dispute didn't belong in court but a QC representing Hearts and Partick Thistle, of course, disagreed. So this one looks like it's going to run for a little bit. Yeah, a, a phrase you often hear in the six o'clock news, let's start at the court of session. I don't think I've ever heard it before <laughs> in Super Scoreboard. And that really is the, is the nub of the argument from the legal teams for Dundee United, Wraith Rovers and Cove Rangers. They don't believe this argument has a place in the civil courts. They believe this is an argument that should be settled at Hamden. They want arbitration involving the SFA and they believe any disputes in football should be Mm -hmm. sorted out inside football without the need to go to court. Hearts and Partick Thistle clearly believe this should be settled at the court of session. They want the relegation reversed. They want the United Wraith Rovers and Cove Rangers kept in their divisions and I believe there will be some variety of resolution whether it's in the court or whether it's sent back to Hamden in a very short space of time. It is due to resume at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon, Roger, and of course we'll keep right across that. Yeah, and listen, we have to because it affects so many people. The fixtures, I believe, are due out at the start of next week. SPFL, what a position they would be in, Alison, if they have to put out fixtures with Dundee United in the Premiership, Wraith Rovers in the Championship, Cove in League One, and then they're ordered by a court of the land to suddenly redraw the fixture list with different teams in different divisions. Absolutely. Well, let's go to Celtic now, or a player that won't be returning to Celtic, Fraser Forster. The goalkeeper has opted to stay at Southampton after returning there after his season-long loan spell in Glasgow. Roger, as far as we're led to believe, Celtic absolutely wanted to keep him. I think there was the option to hold on to him after that season-long loan. Yeah, it's a strange one. Um, Celtic pushed the boat out last season to get Fraser Foster. They were willing to do the same to, to bring him back along with Mo El Um Looking at it from the outside, it doesn't appear to me that Fraser Foster has 
a great deal of chance of being Southampton. There's number yeah. one goalkeeper again. Both Alec McCarthy and Angus Gunn are ahead of him there. Ralph Hasenhutl was keen to get him out last season, looked keen to get him out again for, for the forthcoming season. So I was actually quite surprised when the deal stalled. I can only assume it's to do with long-term finances. Very well paid, Fraser Foster. Um, still got quite a period of time left on his deal at Southampton. Um, that's the only thing I can think of because you would think with everything Celtic have to play for over the next 12 yeah. months, it would have been the ideal place for Fraser Foster to be. Joe Hart is a name that isn't going away as well with this position at Celtic. Celtic fans are divided on Joe Hart, whether he would be a good signing or whether he wouldn't be. Yeah, I, I, it's very difficult to tell and I'm not surprised they're divided. It's so long since anyone's seen Joe Hart playing football on a regular basis. He went to Burnley, didn't work out prior to that. If you remember, he was over in Serie A with Torino to mixed reviews there. It's a long, long time since he was in goal regularly for Manchester City in England. Mm -hmm. He is only 33. He could have another five, six, seven years ahead of him. I think that would represent a gamble for Celtic. Um, and apart from that, I think Celtic, they always had a plan B for Craig Gordon and Fraser Foster not being there. Yeah. I think they'll be looking now at that plan B. I'm not sure Joe Hart is the plan B. Whether or not he's plan C or D or E might be a different argument. One player who is staying is Mohamed Ilianoussi and he believes he can only get better after choosing to remain at Celtic for another season. The winger has extended his loan deal from Southampton and says he's ready to prove himself. I feel yeah, with the injury and, uh, and the, with the corona situation, everything got stopped. Uh, I felt like I didn't show myself from my best side. I was getting there. Uh, so hopefully now with the full pre-season with the team uh, and hopefully without injury I can um, finally do what I'm here for. This is the best option for, for all of us. Uh, I'm very happy to be here, uh, to be part of, of this amazing club. Um, it's a very big, big season ahead of us, uh, obviously with the 10 in a row. Uh, we want to do well in Europe as well, so um, that's why I wanted to stay here. I enjoy tra training with the boys. Um, be conscious of this as a staff. Uh, I think they can improve me. Uh, I want to improve as a player, uh, and I think there's I have all the aspects to to become a better player here. So, uh, so hopefully it's going to be a successful season. Elian Nussi is staying at Celtic. Fraser Forster, of course, not joining them. You can tell us what you think on 01419511025. Roger Mohamed Elian Nussi. They are saying that he feels like not got something to prove, but he wants to show the Celtic fans what he can do after having that injury last season. Yeah, it was a very stop-start campaign. He was only there on a 12-month loan deal, and I don't think Celtic fans they get glimpses of what he's capable of. You have to remember, this is a £15 million player when Southampton signed him from Basel. Um, they expected big things of him in the English Premier League. Didn't quite work out to anyone's satisfaction there, and you could see glimpses. The likes of the Hibs game in the Betfred Cup semi-final, games like that for El Yunusi when he's shown. If Celtic can get him up to speed fitness-wise, form-wise, he could be a valuable player. The downside is you don't want to have been too valuable for Norway after playing Scotland mm -hmm. in a Nations League <laughs> final. He spoke about the, the fans as well and the messages that he got at the end of the season. He said that that made his decision a lot easier. Yeah, I'm sure it did. And you know the fact that Scott Sinclair left the club in January, Johnny Hayes has left the club as well. 
he will probably feel more valued in a football sense on the field as well because he's going to have fewer people fighting for a place with him in that first team. Um, I think that will be part of the drive of Celtic to get him. They, they have lost players in that advanced position and it gives Neil Lennon options. A lot of the time, yes, he did go the, the 3-5-2 with both Griffiths and Edward up top. If he wants to go back to, to the 4-2-3-1, El Yanusi can play anywhere across that three behind the striker. Elianusi spoke about how big a season it is for Celtic chasing this this 10 in a row. When you look at how big a season it is for both Celtic and Rangers, how big a bargaining tool is that for the clubs when they're trying to bring players in? Well, it's certainly going to be an exciting season for both clubs. You, you look at the, you know, Rangers, I think, have signed four so far. They've, they've completed, like, you know, El Yunusi coming back, Haji's coming back, mm-hmm. Defoe's coming back on permanent deals. Uh, John McLaughlin's come in as a backup goalkeeper. Young Calvin Bassey's been signed. And when each of those players has been unveiled, part of the drive for them is, is to stop 10 in a row, to, to get one in a row for Rangers. Mm-hmm. And anyone that Celtic signed will talk about 10 in a row because... Yes, there's European football for the two clubs. Yes, there's the Scottish Cup. Yes, there's the League Cup. But really, all that matters is that League Championship. 01419511025 is the number you need. Alec and Parkhead's on the line. Hello, Alec. Hi, how are we doing, Alison? How are we doing, Gordon? Uh, oh, it's Roger, Alec. Sorry, sorry, Roger. How are you doing, Roger? <laughs> no problem. Uh, just obviously about the, the Fraser Forster uh, deal. I genuinely did think that it would have been in the bag. Uh, I'm not saying it would have been easy, but uh, I thought that, you know, looking last season, you know, uh, if you look, if, if Rangers were to get rid of Morelos, the Celtic fans would sort of be rubbing their hands because, you know, the amount of goals that he scores. So I think the night Rangers fans will be sitting saying, well, I'm glad that they've not got Fraser Foster because he got us a, a good few points last season and, and he always turned up in the big games. Uh, I just hope that you know that the plan B that Neil Lennon's got is is of the same quality, and I don't think that this season, of all seasons, is a season for taking any chances or any gambles. We we aimed looking to come back to to form or whatever. I think Celtic now need to go out, and it might be somebody that we've no heard of or whatever. But as long as it's as good as as par as Fraser Foster. Well, Alec, don't feel bad about thinking it was going to get done because I thought it was going to Mm -hmm. get done as well. I thought it was in everyone's interest for Fraser Foster to be back at Celtic. You're right, he won Celtic points last season. He performed well in Europe and he won the Betfred Cup final almost single-handedly for Celtic. An outstanding performance. One of the best goalkeeping displays you will ever see at Hamden. So he was crucial for Celtic then. I thought it was going to be crucial for Celtic in this forthcoming season. It looks just now as if the deal is gone and Celtic will have to go to a plan B. But as you say, whoever comes in, they have a very, very hard act to follow. Thank you to Alec and Parkhead for his call. We've got Brian in Moss Park on the line as well. Hello, Brian. Hi, hello. How's it doing? Good, thank you. Hi. Hi, <laughs> Alec. Regarding the of Foster as well, I don't know how true this is, but I read on Glasgow Live today that um, Celtic could have, could have actually got him uh, on, on a full-time contract basically just bought him outright but decided just to offer them a loan for a year and the option possibly buy him out then so I think that shows a lack of sort of total disrespect to Fraser Foster to the, to the Celtic fans 
And I don't think it's times like this that Celtic sort of this is our mentality. They don't want to go and push the boat out to spend money. I don't think they realise the significance of ten in a row. They'll say that they do, but financially they don't. And God, God knows where all the actual money's gone at Parkhead. It's certainly not going in players. And even Elianus, I mean, okay, good enough player is, but if you're going for ten in a row, you don't want loan. You want, don't want loan deals. One good quality player that's going to want to come and want it for you. A canter. Well, it's strange. I mean, my understanding is that Celtic were going to push the boat out. They were willing to do a loan deal or they were willing to do a deal that would have brought Fraser back up the road and permanently. I'm not 100% sure where it actually fell down, but tonight it looks as if it has fallen down and it's a blow for Celtic. I wonder, and you you don't know tonight, but you just wonder in five years' time, whether Fraser Foster will regret that this deal mm. wasn't done because when he gets back to Southampton, he's going back to a very uncertain future. As we say, Alec McCarthy, Angus Gunn, both ahead of him. Southampton are probably going as well at the minute as they have done at any stage under Ralph Hasenhüttl. So it's not as if he's planning to make big changes and tear the team up for the, for the next Premier League down south. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens to Fraser Foster's career. Um, he was once... Just in the fringes, did he not? It was half a dozen caps for England. Yeah, that's long gone. The English Premier League thing with Southampton looks long gone. As the guys were saying, both callers were saying, Alison, I thought this was going to be done. I thought Fraser Foster yeah. was going to come back up the road. It'll be interesting to see now what happens to Fraser. Of course, you can, Brian. Of course, Brian. I think. I think obviously it's a financial differential between what Celtic's prepared to offer and what he's currently getting at Southampton. Because you see, who's who's going to go and want to sit, not even sit in the bench, sit in the stand? And watch sort of Premiership football rather than play play in Europe and go for ten in a row, which is maybe not so much immortality, but it's something that's not going to be achieved that often. So it's obviously must have been too big a financial differential between Celtic and Southampton and Fraser Foster. Why never he never signed for permanently yeah. or for a single yeah, year? That has to be the assumption. Um, from what we read, Fraser Foster earns between ninety thousand and a hundred thousand pounds a week, which dwarfs anything that anyone yeah. in Scottish football is paid. So Celtic would get to a fair degree of that. Southampton might be willing or unwilling to offer some kind of sweetener for them to make the move happen. But if you're Neil Lennon, I think you would expect Fraser Foster to you know, to come down a little bit as mm-hmm. well because surely, sure. surely Fraser Foster should be willing to come down a bit to get the opportunity to come back to Celtic in this of all seasons. So it looks as if maybe if Fraser comes one way, Celtic or the other, Southampton involved, and as things stand here on the 1st of July, and there is a long time in this transfer window to go, Brian, as things yep, stand sure. on the 1st yep. of July, there's, there's still a big, big distance between them all. Okay, cheers for that. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thanks to Brian in Moss Park for his call. Fraser, as you said, wages were always going to be a big issue when it came to this because the difference in wage structure between the Scottish Premiership and down in England is so massive. Yeah, and that's that's why you don't see Celtic and Rangers routinely going out and buying players, even from the Aston Villas, from the, you know the Norwich Cities, from the Bournemouths, the Newcastles. That's why all all the traffic goes south, if you like, because once you get in onto that English Premier League ladder. The salaries are such, Alison, that it just takes everything away from, from Celtic and, and Rangers. Yep. And if anyone does come back, the likes of there's Jermaine Defoe has just completed a move from Bournemouth to Rangers. 
but not on anything like the terms that he was on as a Bournemouth player. Um, he's now had to come back to terms that are agreeable to Rangers, if you like, and he's willing to come back for this season at Rangers, possibly the last season or two of his playing career. He's willing to take the hit and come back. Others are clearly less interested in doing that. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We'll hear from Ian Durant after the travel with Lindsay. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Alison Conroy, through until seven o'clock tonight on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Let's go back onto the phones and Brian and Lark Hall has called 0141-951-1025. Hello, Brian. I hope you keep safe. I am, you too. Yeah, yeah, I'm not bad, not bad. I've got two points, one about my club, Rangers, and one about Fraser Foster. So I'll I'll tackle Rangers first. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's to Roger, because obviously he'll he'll remember what it was like in the general season in 98, when uh, Celtic finally stopped our our brilliant run. that particular season, uh, Wallace Smith had decided that he was going to step down. He'd made that, that to announce in October. Uh, I don't think that helped things. But we'd went to the well on those nine years. A lot of players uh, come through that. McCoy, Dean Ferguson, John Brown, Richard Goff, Andy Gorham. And that particular season... They just couldn't put the given past and Celtic ended up winning the title last season. Celtic, can you remember a bit with Celtic? Celtic have got a lot of players uh, Scott Brown, Forrest, Callum McGregor, and latterly Ryan Christie for the last four years, and Lee Griffiths. Exactly the same, and I feel that's why Rangers have got a real chance of winning the title next season. Uh, I just got a feeling Celtic have relied on the, so, the same players as Rangers did in their nine. Uh, can I have a comment on that, Roger, please? Yeah, I mean, I do remember. I remember they just sort of almost stalled in the final furlong. I think the penultimate weekend of the season, a defeat at home, last-minute defeat at home to Kilmarnock. Ali Mitchell scored the goal, and it just, just took it away from that Rangers team. Celtic won it on the last day by beating St. Johnson at Celtic Park. Um, the thing about 10 in a row is that back in the mid-70s, Jock Steen's great Celtic team were odds-on to win 10 in a row at the start of that season. And they just ran out of steam. I think they finished third behind Rangers and Hibs. Then, as you say, Brian, in 98, Rangers at the start of that season were odds-on to do 10. Uh, Celtic had a new manager in Vim Janssen, an unknown quantity, brought in new players, many of them unknown quantities at the time, but they managed to win the league. So, move it forward to 2020, Celtic, odds-on favourites to go and do 10, but you just never know. You're saying your team, you fancy they can win the league. I'm quite sure if you go back to the 29th of December, a great number of Rangers fans thought they could win that league, and they stumbled after the winter break. Um, maybe the best thing for Rangers this season is there's not going to be a winter break and if they get any sort of momentum going it won't be interrupted by that but what I will say is they'll need to get a good start they will need to get a good start because Celtic will be brimming with confidence the way they performed 
after the winter break and Rangers need to get some wins on the board and they need to get ahead of Celtic and they need to put a seed of doubt into the minds of Celtic if they're going to win the league You're right there Roger uh, I mean when I say I think we can win the league you don't really know you know what's going to happen and, and you're right the, the, two, the winter break didn't just happen Last season It happened The season before that And maybe their momentum You know Sometimes momentum's a great thing And if it You know It can be stopped Half time in a game Can stop momentum You know That sort of thing uh, So To me it's going to be a real battle I think Rangers will This time Go The distance But As I said It's only my opinion We just need to wait See that's the beauty of sport you really don't know what's going to happen, but I'm confident. It's been nice to talk about football games, Brian, yeah. because we've had too long without without the football games. You know, Alison's opening the show tonight, talking about an event in the court of session in Edinburgh today. This isn't a show about courtrooms. This is a show about football pitches, about football matches. The sooner we get back to that, the better. Absolutely, Brian. You had a point about Fraser Forster as well. Yeah, I've just got a small point about Fraser Forster. Yeah. Uh, the day after the League Cup final. And obviously I was gutted that day and uh, there's no question his performance was amazing uh, on the day. Uh, but a, a, a conversation with a, a, a Celtic supporter at work and he was enthusing about uh, about Foster and I said, you're right, the best goalkeeper in the country was actually at Hamden yesterday, but he was the guy that had nothing to do. Uh, I don't understand the hype about Foster. If you look at it, it's of Hampton, he's, he's not... He's not second goalkeeper, which means pushing. Uh, I think it's Alex McCarthy that's uh, Southampton's yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah. He's not even pushing him. He's actually third. Now, sometimes you can fall down the pecking order depending on manager, managers coming in. And there's no doubt that Foster's a good goalkeeper. But if I was... God, I'm, I'm thinking something here. <laughs> but if I was Celtic supporter, uh, I'd be quite happy... For Celtic to look elsewhere for a start, if they were to bring him up, and I think that's what it stopped this deal. If they would bring him up here in a deal, not a loan deal, Celtic would need to pay a transfer fee of some sort, and he would be paid a lot more money than any other player at Celtic, and that can cause problems behind the scenes. Roger, well, do you want to listen? Celtic, like any other club, will have a wage structure. And they won't want to bring anyone in, be it Fraser Foster, be it a, a glamorous new centre forward, and smash that wage structure. And they, they're not alone. Rangers wouldn't do it either. Other clubs wouldn't do it. So there needs to be some common ground met in the middle. Um, I think Celtic would need to go one way. Fraser Foster would need to come the other way. We'd maybe need Southampton to get involved with some payoff money as well. But, but as we sit here on the 1st of July, it looks as if it's not happening. And where does Celtic go next? Because... They can't go to Craig Gordon. He's left the building. Scott Bain is there. Did he entrust Scott Bain with the gloves for a 10-in-a-row season? Did he go to a Joe Hart? Did he go to a David Marshall? Or have they got someone up their cuff just ready to bring in? Because, listen, the season will be started one month today. Time is of the essence for everyone. 
Thank you to Brian for his call. We'll speak to Stuart and Bailson just shortly, but I want to hear from Ian Durant, first of all. And the former Rangers midfielder and coach says holding on to Alfredo Morelos could be vital for the season ahead. Speculation continues to surround the striker who has said he's happy at Ibrox. Durant says it's a big season for boss Stephen Gerrard, but it's one he believes he can handle. He's had pressure on his life. He knows the pressure. He's, he played with now high-pressure football. He played with one of the biggest teams in the world, Liverpool, uh, European Cups. Uh, he's now managing uh, one of the biggest institutions in the world so he'll know what the pressure is and that just comes with football that comes with playing with old fun and I'm sure now he'll handle it no, I think Stephen's happy with his squad now he'll, he'll know what he needs uh, same as uh, Neil Lennon he'll, he'll try to strengthen our areas as well as other teams and, and they'll know what they need now I don't think there's too much tinker need in old fun I just think that if you can get that bit of quality which costs money then that's what you'll go for and uh, I'm sure now both sides of old fun will go for quality no matter what team in any walk of life, you've got to keep your best players. And if you if you keep your best players in the team, then we get a better chance of winning things. And Morelos is a top player for Rangers, and uh, they'll be they'll be doing their best. If now who's to say if a, a bid comes in? But Rangers, he seems happy at Rangers. So long may it continue for Alfredo. The speculation surrounding Alfredo Morelos, Roger, doesn't go away. Well, there's always going to be speculation surrounding good players. It always happens. There's been just as much speculation surrounding Odson Edward over yeah. the course of the summer, Alison. That that is an inevitability. I, I tend to agree with Ian Durant. I think Stephen Gerrard will handle the pressure. He's he's won a Champions League. He's won a UEFA Cup. He's played in the World Cup finals. There's no doubt he will handle the pressure. The issue for Rangers is can the players handle the pressure and I don't even mean, mean the pressure of the big occasion because mm-hmm. they've gone to Celtic Park and won they've gone to Hamden and played well in a cup final but the pressure for Rangers is 24-7 pressure the pressure for Rangers is going to Kilmarnock going to Hamilton, going to St Johnson going to St Mirren and handling the pressure of having to win all of those games and that's for me where the question marks lie about a lot of the Rangers players because on their day a terrific team terrific individuals on their day they've shown they can go toe-to-toe with Celtic where the pressure is going to come next season where the pressure has been in the last couple of seasons that they've not been able to handle is that pressure of winning every single week and that pressure will be cranked up a notch because the stakes are so high next season 01419511025 is the number Stuart and Bailison's given us a call tonight hello Stuart good evening hello uh, just last night's last uh, last caller, Laurie. Mm-hmm. Usually he speaks articulate. He's very well. He knows everything about Celtic. But just his wee throwaway comment about 30,000 30, 30, 30, Rangers fans sign up to get a season ticket so they can watch Celtic win 10 in a row. I thought it was a really cheap remark. I've never heard him saying that. And I was a bit disappointed in him. We 30,000 we were in the lower divisions. Celtic at 30,000 before Rangers come up. Then another 35,000 appeared. Peter Law will say we don't need Rangers, but when we come up, that's when the season ticket Celtic popping up. If Celtic had won uh, or gifted the league, sorry about that, this season, do you think there'd be as many season ticket renewals at Celtic Park? Or is it just the glory hunters that's looking for 10 in a row? Roger, both both clubs have over 40,000 season ticket renewals so far. Yeah, and we must be getting close. I said to the last caller, we're only a month to go to the football kicks off. Mm-hmm. We must be getting close because the bragging rights are beginning to be fought yeah. over. Laurie last night, Stuart tonight. We're talking season ticket holder numbers. We're not even talking about what the players are doing in the pitch yet, Alison. So 
it just shows us we're getting closer to the football. I think it's great that numbers of that size are willing to commit hard-earned cash to season tickets without any guarantee of how many football games they'll actually be able to attend. People are committing money, Alison, uh, and the knowledge that all they might get for a period of time is a number that they punch into a computer or a laptop and they can watch their team's mm -hmm. home games. They might not get into Celtic Park, get into Ibrox. And by the way, I'll say the same about Aberdeen fans, Hibs fans, Hearts fans, Dundee United fans, incredible numbers of supporters buying season tickets this summer without any guarantee of what they'll actually get for their money. So it's not so much about arguing about how many have bought for Ibrox, how many have bought for Celtic Park. I just think if you're talking seventy, eighty thousand people in yeah. Glasgow in the West and, and, and further afield, putting out money at a time like this, it just shows the depth of support for these football clubs. Sure, what was it about that comment that angered you so much? Obviously, as Roger says, the bragging rights have started on both sides. Well, it doesn't it usually just talks about Celtic all the time. Celtic is very articulate. But just to put that we we dig in for an educated man, which I think he is. He never usually does that, and it really, it really hurt me oh, to see Celtic win 10 in a row. But I remember Celtic playing in front of 30,000 fans before Rangers come up, and then Peter Lovell made the remark, we don't need Rangers. All of a sudden, Rangers come back into the Premier, and then, bang, season ticket sales at Celtic Park and through the roof. If you remember, Peter Lovell shut the top, the, the, the top stands, and if you read the papers on the Sunday, attendance not known every other Every other team had their attendances done, but Celtic never put their team. They would never release the attendance figures. So I mean, oh. I'm not it's like. No. I just, I just, I just was up with his <laughs> comment. Your initial description of Laurie there took me back many years in this show because another caller once described him as articulate, and our dear friend Derek Johnson says, "Oh, he is. He's, a, he's an articulated Laurie." <laughs> I remember that one. Well, I, just, I just told me jackknives. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you to Stuart and Bailson for his call. Roger, I should say the bragging rights have started on both sides. Celtic fans full of confidence thinking this is a 10 in a row is coming and the Rangers fans full of confidence that no, it's not, we're getting that title. Yeah, and it's funny, Alison, I always enjoy pre-season in this show simply because... You know, not a ball's been kicked and everyone believes, and I don't just mean Rangers and Celtic fans, everyone believes their yeah. team is going to have a super season. And it's great listening to the, the hope and the belief in all the supporters. This is a strange pre-season. Normally, um, all the teams are heading away, some are exotic in Europe or further afield. They're getting ready for European qualifiers at this time of year. I think, you know, some of Celtic's Champions League qualifiers have been maybe the 10th, of July and season's yeah. gone past but at the first of July just now so it is a sort of different it's a it's a quieter pre-season we're just back to contact training this week um, I believe Celtic Rangers will head away a couple of weeks from now to France to play in this tournament mm -hmm. and then suddenly the, the league will be upon us it's different times in society it's different times in Scottish football but at this time of year the supporters always think it's going to be the season for their team A player that's almost likely to head back out on loan from Rangers is Jake Hasty, and it looks like Motherwell could be his destination now it's just what 11 months since he went from Motherwell 
to Rangers and really so far it hasn't worked out for him at, at Rangers and I think the Motherwell fans may be a little bit split on this. Do they want him to come back or do they not? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it was a meteoric rise for Jake Hasty once he got into the Motherwell first team. He did extremely well and Stephen Gerrard decided to take a gamble on the lad. Um, clearly, he just wasn't quite ready to go into that Rangers team. He went out to Rotherham. He did mm -hmm. okay down at Rotherham. Um, difficult season for them as well because you know they were pushing hard to, to go up and they ultimately did go up um, and he ultimately he has played a role because of his form in the first half of the season with them came back to Rangers didn't make any move towards the first team at all and I think the lad now needs games he mm -hmm. now needs football matches um, look at the number of games Alan Campbell has managed to get under his belt at Motherwell um, and how accomplished he now looks. He was a contender for the Young Player of the Year. Um, prior to his injury, David Turnbull was racking up the games at Motherwell as well and was probably in a better position in his career to go and make an impact at an old firm club than, than Jake was because he had played so much more football than Jake. So I don't think it would be a bad idea for anyone if Jake Hasty goes back to Motherwell and has a season where he plays 30-35 games for Motherwell's first team and Listen, if the Motherwell fans are divided, and I'll tell this to Gordon Duncan and Gordon Dale's <laughs> faces, if the Motherwell fans are divided over this, just wait until Jake Hasty scores a couple of goals, and oh, then they'll think it's a great idea. I was going remember. to say that you'll soon win them back over, and as you say, for Motherwell, you think they know what Jake Hasty can do. They were they didn't want to lose him in the first place, and for Jake Hasty, when he hasn't maybe done what you expect to do when he left, that, that little bit of confidence that can come from that as well. Yeah, and it would be a good place as well for him to go because very quietly, it's been for me, it's been quite a good pre-season for Motherwell. Yeah. They've managed to keep hold of their manager, Stephen Robinson, who's not going for the not, you know, to be the next Northern Ireland manager. They've got Tony Watt on a new longer-term contract. Um, David Turnbull is now fully fit, having had a tidy-up operation just about the time of the lockdown. He'll be ready to go at the start of the season. As we said, Alan Campbell's in terrific form and so far they've managed to keep a hold of him. And they've added in the likes of Ricky Lamy from Livingston, Scott Fox as a backup goalkeeper to Trevor Carson, who's now fit again. They've got Scotland centre-half and Declan Gallagher as a new club captain. So for me, if Jake Hasty goes there, Motherwell would look strong yeah. for me to for another top four finish. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Lindsay. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Alison Conroy here on Clyde One Super Scoreboard tonight until 7 o'clock. I want to go straight back onto the phones and Hugh in Lanark is a Motherwell fan. Hello, Hugh. Hello, Alison. How are you doing? I'm all right. Good to also hear that Roger's in the studio as well. Oh, he's, like not, he's, he's, well he's not in the studio, oh, he is on the show. Oh, he won't be in the studio. But he's, ah, yeah, right, I, I don't have good, his good smiling face I like, across I like the Roger desk. On. I like, yeah, I like Roger when he's on also. Um, yeah, indeed, Roger. Just obviously a point, uh, just a point um, in regards to what you've talked about, Jake Casey and Muller sure. there. Um, season tick holder for Park have been a, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. We've been on the show uh, quite regular, talking about Muller with, with obviously Gordon and well, the two Gordons. Um, my point with Jake Casey is, I actually felt as if he did need that extra year at Fir Park. Now, he was out at loan at Alaba with us. Yeah. Did okay at Alaba. Wasn't a superstar at Alaba. Uh, was pulled back nearly due to injuries with us. 
Scottish chance and yes he grabbed it with both hands and it was fantastic to see now obviously you see on the boards on, on social media and all that people saying no you don't want him no you don't want him if he's going to improve the team if he's pulling on a Claret Amber jersey and he done, if, if he does what he done previously I'm quite happy with that mm-hmm. uh, yes we don't want to bring somebody back and pull up the player and, and, and enhance another an team's in the, in the Scottish games player for them but again, if it's going to benefit my club, I'll take them. We take players from other teams down south, so why can't we take somebody from a Scottish team? Uh, I do believe, as, as Roger was saying, that between Campbell and Turnbull, I think that proves that extra year has been so beneficial mm. to those two, uh, especially Campbell. I think Campbell will be our biggest loss when he does go, because he's, he's an absolute terror in midfield. doesn't leave MD alone, and he, I, I think he's, he's fantastic. He's a, a young boy. Um, but I just think he has to need that extra year. The way Mullow's going at the minute is probably what we're needing for a winger be- between Seedorf and Hilton. The two of them didn't set the world on fire mm. last season. They were okay, they were average, but they didn't do that extra that Hasty done when he was in the team. And I just think he'll want to come back and prove a point. And as Roger says, when that first goal, second goal goes in, oh, you've got the fans back on his side again. I saw quite a bit. The two lads, you mentioned Seedorf and Hilton last season, and in flashes... They were terrific. I remember the way they played through at Tynecastle early in the season. Covered the game for Super Scoreboard when you mm-hmm. won at Hearts. And the, the problem, they just weren't consistent enough for my liking. When Hasty was playing well in that season, he, he was. He was doing it week in, week out. And I just think if, if, if Mother will come back next season, then suddenly there's Campbell and there's Polworth. And you've just signed Mark O'Hara as well. There's Turnbull slightly further forward. There's Hasty one side. There's... Tony Watt up top. I just think it's, it's you know got quite a lot of attacking mm-hmm. potential there. That Motherwell side, and as a supporter, it must excite you. Oh, yeah, definitely does. Uh, that's what I was saying, Roger, about Hilton and Seedorf. They were okay last year uh, in games. They had certain flashes, but I don't think they were consistent enough. And that's the reason why Seedorf think a lot of games near enough at the end of the season. He was always benched, he was dropped, and it was just because he wasn't consistent enough. Whereas Hasty, when Hasty was in the team, his name was always first in the team sheet. And whether he only gave you 30, 45 minutes a game, it was a good 30 to 45 minutes. He, he produced the goods for you. Whether it was a goal, whether it was crosses into the box leading up to goals, whether it was attacks, it always terrorised the defence, which is what you really need to get the ball down hit the line or cut inside and he attacked. Whereas I just thought Seedorf at the end of last year, maybe his confidence was down slightly. Uh, Hilton, you could always tell the sub, it was Hilton off, Seedorf on. And you thought, we yeah. needed maybe something mm-hmm. different there. And I just think Jake Hasty is that guy to actually physically do it. He'll push the two of them probably a wee bit more because they'll now need to step up their game. If, if That's if he does come in. Uh, there's rumours actually we're getting the Northern Ireland guy um, from Wigan. Because obviously the situation we're rigging now. That's the rumour, obviously. You'll know better, Roger. Um, but that's the rumour just now. So, again, either one of those two I'll be quite happy with. As I say, he comes into the team, does a job, keeps us where we are, top six. To obviously, we, Mullow's position is we just want to stay in the league. That That's the priority. And if you ask any Mullow fan that, that's the priority. Top six, yes, if we get there, brilliant. I think this season... We could have probably done, well, the season just finished, sorry. We could have probably done a, a, in games a little bit more, and maybe Hasty was what the player we were actually leading at that point, just to give us that a little bit. But I, I welcome the guy back. Mm-hmm. I don't have any animosity with players going, that's, he's got a short career, he was a young guy, he's seen the bucks, he can, he can go and earn all this money. Fine, go for it. 
Um, so I don't have an issue with him coming back. I just want my team to progress, and if he does it, I'm more than happy with that. Thank you, well, Steve. I just hope the two Gordons, when they're back in this show, have the same opinion as you, the same right-minded opinion as yourself, because I think I think he'll do well coming back to Motherwell. And again, Alison, it just shows mm-hmm. that, that old thing. You know, people actually people across the road at Hamilton Ackies used to say they preferred their young players to have a hundred first-team games yeah. under their belt before they moved on. They thought they needed a hundred first-team games to be properly grounded as a professional and ready to take that next step. They go back to the days of James MacArthur, James McCarthy, both of whom had a hundred games before they moved on to, to bigger and better things from Hamilton. Jake Hasty, nothing like that before he left Motherwell for Rangers. He might just need to go back and have another season and then progress his career. Yeah, Hugh made a, a lot of valid points there because do you remember when the Jake Hasty deal was happening? There was a lot of surprise about it. Obviously, you know, David Turnbull had been pressed, Alan Campbell had impressed, and Jake Hasty all of a sudden, Ranger take him. Stephen Gerrard insists that he was very much going for first team football, but that hasn't happened. Yeah, and there was there so many wide players at the club competing for positions at that stage. I think even I think Daniel Candias may even still have been there. Ryan Kent was coming back. Jordan Jones is just saying. Brandon Barker. There was so many players. Greg Stewart can play mm-hmm. in a wide role as well. So it always looked as if it was going to be a big ask for Jake Hasty to, to nail down one of those positions in the Rangers' first team straight away. Um, went out low, and I'm sure you know a spell down there at Rotherham will have helped him. And I think a spell back at Motherwell, a club that he knows with players and a manager that he knows, might just be the best thing for him. Thank you to Hugh and Lanark. We are rapidly running out of time tonight, but I want to speak to Gareth in Gretna. Hello, Gra- Gareth. Hi, Hi, Parno. You OK? Good, thanks. Um, I've just got a couple of points. Good, hi, good evening. Um, I, I think Rangers will actually win the league this uh, next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, the... The season that just finished was finished far too easy, far too early in my eyes. I, I, just, I think it should have been waited and waited. And just like just like the Premier League, it started back now. And I know there's no fans, but it started back. And this could have exactly the same happened in Scotland, to be honest. Um, but I think if uh, Stephen Gerrard doesn't win a title, like a, as in a trophy, uh, he'll be away from Rangers. It's simple as that. He needs to win a trophy. Uh, personally, in, in my eyes, but I think it will be the SPL. I think he's got a good set of players. He's got rid of some, but he's maybe going to get a few more targets in before the uh, season starts. Um, I, I I don't know if uh, Morelles will be there or not. I think um, he needs to get his discipline sorted, and Gerard's the man to do that. And obviously, Morelles has to do it himself. But uh, I think with the current squad, I think we'll win the. SPL. Roger well, is getting to that point that we all wake up. Yeah, I was just going to say the fair play to the 1st of July and that's the first title prediction in. <laughs> I, I was worried that in the 1st of August, wh- wherever we are around the country, Alison Gordon Duncan will be asking us for title predictions. Yep. Uh, I've got another month to go yet before I have <laughs> to put my neck in the block and I, I'm worried about that. So fair play to Gareth. He's confident taking Rangers to win the league. There will be a lot of contrasting opinions in this in the weeks going forward. As for Stephen Gerrard, um, not many Rangers managers, if any in history, have gone two seasons without a trophy, Mm. as Stephen already has. Any manager, I think, would struggle to do three seasons on either side of the old firm 
without a trophy, but he will believe he's building a squad to fulfil what you're saying here in the 1st of July, Gareth, and win the league. Obviously, a lot depends for both teams, Roger, in a sense of what they do in this transfer window in terms of what players come in and also what players, if any, go out. Yeah, well, listen, Rangers have let go, is it six or seven players already? Mm -hmm. Celtic have let go Gordon and Hayes and Samunovic, so... I think the ones who are going, the vast majority, have already gone. It was interesting to listen to Stephen Gerrard when he was talking about the signing last week of John McLaughlin. He was saying it's now going to be about quality rather than quantity. Any players he signs now from now on in this window will be guys that he sees as first-team players, not just the squad guys who, who might come in now and again or sit on the bench. So he's setting his targets very high. Celtic have had... Bit of good news, El Yunusi in the door. Bit of bad news, Foster not in the door. It'll be interesting to see, you know, the COVID nineteen, the financial hit. Celtic Rangers are affected just the same as every other club up and down the land. Yeah. You see, Wigan, first club in Britain to, to go into administration due to it today. So it will impact on the spending power of all clubs. Be fascinating to see how it impacts on the spending power of the old firm. Just briefly before we go, Roger Dundee United not getting it all their own way. Um, Steve McLaren was in for the job there. He has turned it down is what we're hearing. So does attention now turn back to Malky Mackay? Um, to be honest with you, Alison, I am not sure. I'm always a bit sceptical about Steve McLaren. Mm-hmm. He, he's been in this movie before, coming up, speaking to people about jobs and then, then sort of withdrawing his interest. Um, Austin McPhee is a name that always seems to be floating about there. Mickey Mellon as well, manager of Tranmere Rovers down south, a Scots well-known, experienced Scottish coach, is a guy who's been mentioned. Um, Malky Mackay clearly is still a contender, but it's a big, big decision for Mark Ogren and Tony Asgar. Um, they're no longer looking at you know promotion from the Championship. This is a huge season mm-hmm. for them. It's about consolidating in the Premiership and taking the DNA United back to closer to a position where they once were. It's going to be a good job for somebody. Yep, that is it for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow night with Mark Wilson. Thanks for listening and thanks for all your calls. Callum Gallagher's up next.